Good morning, church. It is so great to be together. Happy uh, belated Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving. Uh, I know for me, uh, man, I had such a great time. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. That'll be our uh, scripture we'll start with this morning. And uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm so thankful for the church. I'm so grateful for the church that God's given us here that meets at Whitney High School. Uh, there's so much that I'm thankful for, but really this past uh, Thanksgiving, I just was uh, meditating, reflecting as I had time with God, just, just appreciative of having a church that we can have that is our own church. That's not relying on, on temples built by hands. It's not just the name of the building that makes the difference. It's really we're coming here to worship the God that we can worship. That's given us Jesus Christ. And so, uh, you know, man, I had such an incredible time with uh, Thanksgiving with our friends. We've had some lifelong friends come and stay with us. They, we've known them for almost 23 years. Mate's college roommate came down and came, actually came up because she's in San Diego. She came up and stayed with us, uh, her and her husband and two boys. And uh, you might remember Alfred and Eleanor. She battled uh, uh, breast cancer. She overcame breast cancer. Amen. She's continued to fight the fight, but uh, it was such a great time for us to spend time with Eleanor and Alfred, and uh, we loved them. We, we knew them when, before May and I were married, and we studied the Bible with them, and we taught them about Jesus, and they never really made the decision to really complete their faith, but they have a spiritual family they're a part of there in San Diego, and so I'm grateful to help them during their t- battle of cancer. Uh, you, need, you know, no matter what struggle we have, cancer is so deadly, isn't it? Uh, but not just cancer, other things that can come into our lives can really make us struggle and can really battle our faith. And so uh, so encouraged that they have a support system there in San Diego that's helped them, whether it's counseling and grief counseling to help Eleanor really fight the good fight. We've been praying for her. She came to our, uh, last year they came to our marriage retreat there in La Jolla, and she absolutely loved it. Her and her husband said, every year you have it, we're here. And so uh, definitely look forward to seeing them again. Uh, we had John and Young. You know, guys, you guys know John and Young prayerfully. John's a big, tall, burly, Caucasian guy from Sacramento, and Young's a short Vietnamese lady. They came, and he spoke a couple times here. But they came, and they stayed with us. We, we, we love those guys. That, that, that's family to us. And so isn't that great to be a part of something, maybe holidays, where you don't have to be on your A game when people come over? You have to be all hospitable and have to have all your I's dotted, your T's crossed, and the meal set. So that was what Thanksgiving was for us. We just had old friends come in and stay with us and hang out with us and spend incredible time. You know, I'm grateful for this church because of Hope Worldwide. And every year we talk about being able to raise or give $52 a member. That's nothing. That's a buck a week. And so it's a great opportunity for us today is International Day of Giving. And the next two weeks for you to deep dig in your pockets or, or, or dig in your piggy banks or, or really raise money and say, hey, get your community involved to say, hey, come and support Hope Worldwide a benevolent arm of our church, because what it does is it can help our sister's family in Honduras. It can help a family in the Philippines, and it can help us in Tijuana delivering presents and gifts and backpacks and shoes to those less fortunate than ourselves. So Hope Worldwide, I love Hope Worldwide, and I love that our church partners with them to really help them grow. Uh, Well, I love God's kingdom. Don't you love God's kingdom? And you know, God's kingdom is so much vast in the church. The church is a small part of God's kingdom, but I'm grateful Because God's kingdom is really where God's church grows and thrives and flourishes. You know, Jesus Christ says that the church is his bride. And I'm grateful he's only got one bride. Amen? And the Bible says there's one church, there's one bride, there's one body of believers that Jesus died for. 
And it's helping us help others to be a part of his church. And so that's what I'm thankful for. I'm grateful for the church. I'm grateful. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places in my life. 21 years being around this church has changed my life. Now, it hasn't been easy. Amen, church? Because when you love sinners, sinners do what sinners do. But the church has consisted of sinners following a perfect Savior. So it's looking beyond the sinners and looking to why we do go to church is following Jesus and being his bride. So today, the lesson of, of really understanding the church and why I'm thankful for the church, I want to share why I'm grateful and how valuable I see the church is. Look over Matthew 13. Now, I'm thankful. This church has changed my life. Uh, sometimes we can lose sight of what we're grateful for and thankful for. But today I want to share how thankful I am for the kingdom of heaven and finding a slice of heaven here on earth. And that's why every Sunday I come here because it's a chance for me to be with other believers that we can live this thing called faith and we can live out what heaven's going to look like. That's a slice of the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. God, what a great privilege it is to be your sons and daughters. What a great honor it is to be a parent. What a great privilege it is to be a son of yours. And Father, we do pray for those that don't have family during the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays, that we would take time to minister and encourage and lift each other up during these times, that maybe they're not such good times. Maybe they're times that we don't look forward to, but God, I'm thankful that we have another day. I'm thankful that we have our ears to hear with. I'm thankful that we have our eyes to see with. I'm thankful that we have our hands to touch and hug with. And we have our emotions and heart to feel with. And thank you that you've given us so, so much. Father, I do pray for just this world. Just to see the bloodshed over the past few weeks. To see the pain inflicted on others because of hate. Just because someone doesn't like somebody else. I pray that we could be the light and the peace of Jesus that people are missing. That we could love our family members. We could love our neighbors. We could look beyond situations and not live in fear, but that we would live in faith. God, that we would be mindful of our lives, be mindful of our neighbors, be mindful of our family members, be mindful of our kids. I do. I pray for all of our kids, God, no matter what age they are, that, God, they would be able to have a pure, wholehearted devotion to want to follow Jesus one day. And that we could be a part of that process to help them complete their faith. And God, help us at the times that it seems darkest in our own kids' lives, that, God, we would love them through the dark times. We would nurture them and encourage and continue to teach them, no matter how old they are, but they would see our example of faith following a perfect Savior. God, bless our lesson today. Let this lesson move and inspire us to follow you clearly and more clearly. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you find something of incredible value, what do you do? When you find something that's special, you find something that's valuable, that's, that's amazing, that's a treasure, what do you do? You know, a lot of times when I find something valuable, you want to share it with so many others. When you find something so precious, 
You want to treasure it and you want to take care of it and nurture it and feed it and protect it and be a part of it. And, and you know, for me, if, if you found a lottery ticket worth $30 million, that would be valuable, wouldn't it? Yeah. What you could do with $30 million. Already, Uncle Sam takes 50%. Give him $15 million. Let's take the rest. Amen? We could live and, and retire in this room together on $15 million. How valuable money is. But money isn't everything. Amen, church? If it was, uh, it would be a different world we live in. But money isn't everything in the doors of God's church. You know, when God brought me to this church, I was amazed at the value that I found. I found something in 24 years of my life I couldn't find on my own. I was blown away at the family that I found in this church. The men and women who would take a snot-nosed college student and invite them over to their house for dinner and feed me. Anyone like free food? Right to a man's stomach, you're right to his heart. This couple invited me over into their home for dinner just because I met them at church. I learned how to change my brake pads by going to church. You know, I found authentic relationships in this church. I found out how to be honest. I finally found how to be genuine, how to be real, but I learned how to deal with opposition in relationships in the church. Because relationships in the church are imperfect. That's why we need Jesus. That's why you, when you became a Christian, you said, Jesus is Lord. No longer yourself. See, finding something of incredible value, it means a lot to you. You appreciate it more. Yeah, I found this thing called life, how to live life the right way, not Doug's way. Because Doug's way is selfish, self-absorbed, always about me and my feelings. God's way is not about me. Step aside. It's about following Jesus. And knowing that, what did Aldwin share? That we're each priceless. See, we battle with ourselves. And I want to encourage us this morning. I learned when I came to this church how to treat a woman the right way. How to treat older women with respect. How to treat older men with respect. How to treat my girlfriend with purity, the way that God wants me to treat a woman. See, I had to learn those things. The world doesn't teach you these things, church. That's why I love when I found the kingdom of heaven. I couldn't walk away. I can't walk away from this church. No matter the struggles, the things that I face, I found how to build authentic relationships and how to deal with opposition in the church. See, the Bible says when you got a sin, when you got an issue, a relationship with someone in this fellowship, the Bible says you go resolve it with them. Don't camp out and get bitter and resentful against them. How dare you come into the church with unresolved issues? This is a safe place. This is a slice of heaven. 
how we coordinate ourselves, how we operate, how we should carry ourselves, how we should speak, how we should treat. That's the reason why when I first came, everyone hugged me. I'm like, whoa. We don't hug. We kind of give a little dap, a little something like that. But I came to this church. People were genuinely, hey, good to meet you. Whoa. Just hugging is hard to get used to. Now I can't stop it. You come to my house, what do you get? A hug. Because I want to show you the love that I received. Man, the church is a slice of heaven on earth. I'm grateful for the church. I found how to deal with my own sin. And not stuff it and avoid it. And be a conflict avoider. Can I get an amen from somebody? And I'll be passive aggressive and oh, not be non-confrontational. Let me tell you how Christianity is about confrontation. About dealing with your heart before the Lord. And about dealing with the relationships between each other. It is painful to deal with relationships God's way. It is easy to do it the world's way. The world's way is don't deal with it, stuff it, forget about it, come to church, show up, and get out of here. So you don't have to deal with or deal with her. But, but, but do you realize when you do that, you start to build a wall between you and the Lord. And you start to have darkness start to come back into your life. Boy, I am grateful I found the kingdom of heaven. During Jesus' earthly ministry, the key theme of his preaching and teaching was the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to tell you the church that you walked into is a slice of heaven on earth. Imperfect as we are. Amen, church. We know we're not perfect. We know we got things to work on. But here's the thing. We're an imperfect people willing to admit we don't got it all figured out. Help us. Maybe that's why God brought you here today. To help us be a slice of heaven on earth. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Isn't that our nature sometimes? We find something good, what do we do? We don't want to share with nobody else. Man, look what I found. No, 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 no. When he found it, he hit it again. And then in his joy, he was so fired up. He went and sold what? All he had and rebought that field. Because he wasn't quite sure where he, he left it. But he knew he had it. You know, when you find something valuable, when you find something genuine, the real article, authentic, boy, it's, it's, it's the way you feel. You want to give everything for it, don't you? Man, it's... it's you're joyful. I mean, I learned how to be joyful, not according to my circumstances. Amen, church? But I learned how to be joyful according to God. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Well, Doug, you don't understand. You know, I don't understand your situation. But no, a lot of it is just being thankful and appreciative for what you do have. Because I don't want to go through the list of things that people don't have. You have life. Amen? Be thankful. You're here today. Some people, some woke up, didn't have life. Amen? You have life. You have a new day. Make the most of it. Verse 45. Again, you know, I think, my opinion, I think we hear things repeated in the scriptures because I think sometimes we need it a second time. 
Maybe that's a lesson that the women can do for the men sometime. I know my wife asked me to do something. It takes a couple times. Is it any different? The Lord's just kind of speaking to us. And the women kind of, did you listen up second time? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it. But what I love about Jesus, Jesus is all about you got to be all in. Not a little bit. All in in your giving. All in in your devotion to the body. All in in your marriage. All in in your relationships. It's about being all in. And when you find something of great value, you don't let it go. You hold on to it. You treasure it. You nurture it. You feed it. You attend it. You be around it. Even when you don't want to. I can't tell you how many times over 21 years I just didn't want to go to church because circumstances just didn't make it feel like it was the right thing to do. But when you just stop being a knucklehead and just go, you go, man, was he, did you talk to him about me today in the sermon? Did you, uh, no, that's, that's called, that's called the spirit. We're created in God's image. See, when God, when, when I say things up here that maybe hurt or offend, it's, it's not, I'm mad at you. It's listen to the spirits. Because you have something called a heart and you have something called a mind and you're supposed to let God minister to that to help you do what he wants, not what you want. Jesus begins his ministry and talks about commissioning these men to go teach and preach about the kingdom of heaven. He taught many parables, always, sometimes twice over in different gospels to teach and remind us about the amazing, valuable kingdom of heaven on earth. I mean, so great that when you stumble upon it and then you sell it back to obtain it back because you, you want what you had before. You know, the church is a part of the kingdom and the kingdom is so vast and great, but the church is the kingdom of heaven on earth. The church is more valuable than any money that you could get. You know why I know it's valuable? Because Jesus died for the church. None of us are worthy of it. None of us deserve it. We deserve death. But as Aldwin shared that scripture, Christ died for the ungodly. Because at just the right time, he knew you needed something. You know, the painful thing is I've seen so many of my friends over 21 years walk away from the church. And it's hard to wrestle. It's hard to have people come and then walk away and say, you know, it's just personal. Doug, I just don't like your preaching. Okay. Remember, this isn't about me. <laughs> it's about your walk with God. I'm here until the Lord takes me out. So either enjoy me and love me or go somewhere else. But isn't that hard in relationships? Now, I've experienced pain in 21 years. I want to withhold my heart from friends because, well, you know, this church is imperfect. Bro, I could have told you that when I walked in it. If it accepts me, it's imperfect. If it takes me as their pastor, it's imperfect. Amen. God can do miracles. Allow this man preach in front of you on a Sunday morning. We don't have time to go. That's a different sermon for you. 
Come to my house. I'll tell you about my life before Jesus Christ in my life. That's why I've got conviction on Sundays. I preach every Sunday, you know, because my passion is if I can change, so can you. But you got to make a decision. Do you want to be a part of the slice of heaven on earth? I know you had some of that sweet potato pie. I have pumpkin pie. And I had two or three slices of pumpkin pie. Oh. Woo, that's a whole different sermon right there. But, but, you know, why is the kingdom of heaven considered to be such a great value? Three things I want to share. Why is the kingdom of heaven considered to be such a great value? Number two, is the kingdom of heaven really worth it? And number three, what will the kingdom of heaven cost us? What will the kingdom of heaven cost us? And I want to address a few of these questions. To come to mind for me, and I, as I thought about the church, and I thought about the kingdom of heaven. You know, why is the kingdom of heaven considered to be such a great value? Why? Why is it valuable? Because you can hear me talk about it, but why is it value? Number two, and is kingdom of heaven really worth it? Is it worth it to us? Well, I'm going to remind you why it's worth it. And number three, I'm going to remind you and help you understand what will the kingdom of heaven cost us? And most of us have experienced that cost. It's Jesus is Lord. But why is the kingdom of heaven considered to be such a great value? Look over in Colossians 1. This is why the kingdom of heaven is considered to be such a great value. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. I'm going to read, read scripture, so please, please look, look up there if he has them. If not, write them down. Uh, you'll get the notes later. But Colossians chapter 1, let's let God minister to us this morning. Amen, church? Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Why? Is the kingdom of heaven considered to be such a great value? Colossians 1, 13. For he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. But all, all you got to say is read that scripture and go, man, we have redemption. We've been forgiven. Those who've been given for much, from much should love much. Have you forgotten what you've been forgiven from? Have we returned to some things that we weren't forgiven for before, but, but we've been given for after? I mean, for me, it's understanding. It's a refuge from the powers of this dark world. I love coming to church. It's a refuge from the darkness out there. It's a place of source. It's, it's a place of strength and power. It's a place that you can be yourself, but yet Satan doesn't want you to come to church to make other things more powerful than the powerful force of the kingdom of heaven. That's why I come to church every Sunday. Man, it's a refuge. It's a place for us to be saved from darkness. Ephesians chapter 2. Go to your left, two books. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Why else is it there's such, such great value? Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, remember, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the what? Cravings of our sinful nature and following his desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Amen. Man, I'm grateful that I'm saved by grace. Amen. I'm grateful that I'm in a place of safety, a place of non-judgment, a place of just being yourselves. Yeah. 
and understanding. Boy, remember, remember your life before Christ. That should make you live differently after with Christ. That should be enough in of itself to stop what you're doing. To come back to him. Why is it amazing of great value? Because, boy, you can't shake this thing off. Hebrews chapter 12, turn over there. You can't shake this thing off. This thing called the church. This thing called the, the kingdom of heaven on earth. I mean, for me, it's amazing to see what, what it is. Hebrews 12. 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him, he will warn them on the earth. How much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more, I will, not sh- I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words which were, which the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. But that to me just just talks that, you know, the kingdom of God, the, the slice of heaven on earth, it cannot be shaken. Everything outside these doors, when you hear the news, you're shaken with fear. Well, who's going to attack us? Are we going to go to crowded places? That's what terrorists want you to feel. Start fearing for your life. Wait a minute. My confidence is in God. It's an unshakable kingdom. Nothing can attack this. The pastor could die and the church will still survive. Because it's unshakable. It's about spiritual, godly things. But I tell you, I'm grateful for this kingdom that's never going to be destroyed. The kingdom is not a building or a place in Jerusalem. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom is a place that you have to be able to have the right clothes on to get inside. The kingdom is, there's no end to God's kingdom. It's endless. It's unshakable. And it's an everlasting kingdom. Amen, church. And for me, I think about Jesus. I mean, Jesus gave us the church. We should love, live out our faith by loving like who? Loving like Christ. When you're in a situation of relationship, ask yourself, how can I be loving like Christ? Not how can I worship how I feel? How can I justify my emotions? And how can I justify how they hurt me? No, no, no. How can I, in this situation, love like Christ? That's unshakable. But bitterness, rage, anger, avoidance, conflict avoiding, that's not love. That's the world. That's that's of the world. The world says, love them through those things. That's unshakable. When I have brothers talk to me about things i got to change, that's unshakable. Now, is it easy to hear? No. But they're willing to love me and speak the truth in love. Well, that's different. We start to avoid each other in conflict avoiding. We start to live according to our simple nature. That's not the kingdom living. That's not living according to God. That's the relationships that God desires. It's for us to be unshakable. Look over in Revelation 21. We've got to turn there. Revelation 21, near the end of the Bible. Just turn to the end and go left one turn, one chapter. Revelation 21. Listen to, why is it so valuable? Why is the kingdom so valuable? Why is it so amazing? Because you know why? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away. And when there's no longer any sea, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he'll be their God, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. Here's Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of water of life. He who overcomes will inherit this, and I will be his God, and he'll be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of the burning sulfur. This is the second death. I mean, Jesus came to die for the bride, die for the church. He's given us a vivid image and an imagery of, man, this place is amazing. You can drink and still not worry about your thirst. And we got a water. I'm really thirsty, literally. But man, you won't have a thirst in God's kingdom in a slice of heaven. You'll drink this living water. I mean, almost like saying you don't need water to live, but we need water to live, don't we? Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you something new. Thank you very much. I'm going to give you something fresh. Have we forgotten how amazing and valuable this church is? It's important where you go to church. Do they teach you the truth? Do you follow Jesus? Do they make sure they read the Bible? That's why I ask you to read the Bible. So many churches just, they don't care if you read their Bible or not. What they're saying is they don't care. I care. I don't want you to follow me. I want you to understand what does God want for your life. It's going to get uncomfortable. You got to read the scriptures. Because it's not about following man and having a church that looks good, got great programs. It's about it can have all those great things and still have no depth. Having Christ is everything. Saved by grace. This new beginning. And then the second part, this is really the thing I want us to share I'll probably share more of. Is, is the kingdom of heaven really worth it? Maybe, maybe you've asked yourself that question. Is the church really worth it for me? What if I miss here and there? Is it okay if I'm flippant in my commitment and my devotion to Christ? Is it okay? I mean, God's going to accept you no matter what. Amen, church? But, but the truth hurts. And for me, is the kingdom of heaven really worth it? Well, if I could have some special guests come forward, I'd probably start off with Stephen. I wonder if he thinks this slice of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is worth it. Well, I'm glad you asked. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Doesn't look like we're getting to my third point, but that's okay. Acts chapter 7. Is, is, is the kingdom of heaven really worth it? Well, we only speak English today. It doesn't matter. English or Spanish, it's still the same message. Amen. Amen. I wish it was in German sometimes, but that's a whole different ball of wax. I'll have a German ministry one day. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to move there. Don't even go there. Acts 7.54. You know, if we had Paul 
Say, is the kingdom of heaven really worth it? Acts 7, verse 54. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Looking, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirits. Then he fell on his knees. He cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against the people who are stoning me right now. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. See, Stephen was persecuted for his faith. Any of you been stoned for your faith in, in, in Jesus lately? I mean, Stephen was fired up. What would drive a man to stand up and preach about Jesus in this kingdom of heaven to be stoned and killed by all of his common friends? What would drive a man so insane? Because Stephen found a slice of heaven on earth. He was different. He's praying for forgiveness at his death. He's praying to love these people even though they're treating him with contempt. Boy, was it worth it to Stephen? Man, was it worth it to the early Christians in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. Uh-oh. What if I was stoned here in front of the church this morning? What would we do? There would be a challenge this morning, wouldn't there? There would be some blows. There would be some struggles. But are we willing to submit to God's authority in our lives? Even being persecuted for our faith. The early Christians, all except the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen, and they mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went, regardless of what happened. You know why they preached the word wherever, no matter what? Because they knew they were part of a slice of heaven on earth. Amen. These men and women were transformed. They had their kids burned at the stake. They had their kids fed to the lions because of their faith in Christ. And you're complaining about, excuse me, what? Have we gotten off kilter and ungrateful for what we do have? And we just want a comfortable, warm, feel-good church. I don't want that. I really don't. I want a church that this man, Stephen, would love even though he's beaten and stoned to death because he knew Jesus was different. Ask yourselves this morning, is the kingdom of heaven worth it for you? Is it worth late hours and sacrifice of your time on a Sunday morning? Is the church a slice of heaven? Is it worth it to you? Cue up the video. I want to share... An, a gentleman that understood what it meant to search for family and to search for this kingdom of heaven here on earth. If we can, cue up the video. Let's watch this video.
My name is Sok Chiamon. I live in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. I was born in 1973, and in 1975 is when the Khmer Rouge uh, come into power. And I was living in the children's camp for uh, two years with, with many children. I was not allowed to see my parents, so I would stay there until one day in 1979 when the Vietnamese soldier came to Rekshu, Cambodia. Early in the morning, when the Khmer Rouge soldier came into our village, they told us to evacuate. Everyone in the village was marched to the jungle. When we arrived at the jungle, Vietnamese soldier and the Khmer Rouge soldier class. The Khmer Rouge soldier was behind us and they used us as a human shield. That time was the last time that I saw my parents. I was running with many refugees. I was wandering in the jungle for several months. I learned to survive by eating leaves and root. I was seven years old at that time. Eventually, I arrived at Phnom Penh City. While I was standing on the street, there is a woman who also refugee. Um, she came to me and she asked me, where are your parents? I just keep crying. She told me that I will be your mother and you will be my son. And she took me to her family one day because she have uh, six children, including myself, and she afraid that I will die. She sent me to another family who could take care of me. But after one year, they, they don't love me. They just beat me very hard. I was working in the field, and um, they do not allow me to go to school. After four years living with them, one day they beat me so hard, and my body uh, was full of bleeding, and I started to running away. So I felt like life would be better if I have a good career. So I started to um, study English. Um, one day when I was uh, waiting for my English class to start, there's two brothers parked the motorcycle in front of me and they handed out um, invitation card and say, brother, I would like to invite you to go to my church. And when I look at the card, I felt so happy. This is the first formal invitation in my life. And on Sunday, I went to church. I felt like uh, this is uh, so different uh, people. They were so happy, so friendly, and everyone was singing with the leader. That same day, right after church, the brother invited me to study the Bible. And when I found out uh, who Jesus was, I was so excited and I decided to become a Christian in the same year. That was when I was 21 years old. I've been a disciple for 21 years now. 
I see how God blessed my life. I used to hate people. I used to not trust people. But now, God has removed all that away. And I feel so much love by uh, God and by His people. And I have the privilege to share this love. And in the last two years, I became the director of Goldstone School of Hope Worldwide. This school is great education from kindergarten to grade 12 and help them to become successful future leader for Cambodia. The disciples who are working there, they share the love of God with all the children. And I'm excited. <laughs>
who shed a tear at midweek, but he didn't believe that. <laughs> Even we can have our own Avery. And no, guys, we're loved by God. That's a good place to be. And let's get people to come, not because we're perfect, but to say, man, come see a slice of heaven on earth. To God be all the glory. Let's have a great week.